Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie. I'm a compulsive reader. Wow, okay. I'm nervous. I'm really grateful to be here, though. I have this thing where I'm like, if I'm nervous beforehand, I get up here and I'm not nervous. And like, so today I wasn't nervous at all until I stood up here and started looking at all you people. So, okay, now that I said that, I'm not nervous. Okay. Um, Welcome to our newcomers um, and happy birthday, ladies. It's awesome. Um, I am so grateful for this program. I have um, about five and a half years. Have my my abstinence date is also my sobriety date. It's February 28, 2011, and um, I've worked all steps twice, um, currently working them a third time because I'm still crazy, um, and I had a sponsor woman, and I brought one of my sponsees with me today. <laughs> so grateful that she's here, and I brought a bunch of friends, too. Um, I mean, that's why I'm still in this program is them, you know, the sponsees and the sponsor and my friends, you know, like I had nothing in my life before this program. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any reason to live. And today I have a reason to to live. And that's why I keep coming back. So um, I have um, had some success in weight loss. I've lost over 200 pounds in this program. And but you'll hear my story. I lo- what happened was I lost all my weight, but I didn't work a program. So, uh, like, I was 400 pounds and 200 pounds and still as crazy as I was then. Still had the same mean head that told me I was bad and I wasn't going to succeed in anything. And, like, that's, you know, when I had to start working the program, you know. So I'll start from the beginning. I'm from New Jersey originally. Um, and I grew up in a really nice family. Um, had everything I ever really could ask for. I'm a middle child, which is was my first problem. And, um, you know, I had a younger sister, older brother. So when my sister was born, it was like the worst day of my life. Um, because all the attention that I had, and I had so much attention, you know, it was enough. It really was. It was all put on my sister. And I honestly believe that I got enough in my family. I just am born with this needing more syndrome, you know. Um, I just needed more of everything. I needed more toys. I needed more crayons. I needed more stuffed animals. Needed So then it turned into more food. And I remember when I was eight years old, my parents started worrying about my weight because I started, I think my earliest memory of having a food problem was maybe three years old when I um, was never satisfied with what was in front of me on my dinner plate or whatever it was. Um, always wanted more snacks, always wanted more sugary desserts. And um, so I went to see a nutritionist when I was eight, and that sucked because um, I was eight years old, and then she told me I had to eat differently than my peers. And I had to, like, eat. My mom would make my lunches, and she'd give me, like, dry turkey sandwiches and carrot sticks. And sometimes if I was lucky, I would get apples with cinnamon on it. Um, And then I would be in school and see the kids eat other, my peers eating, like, really fun things, like 
Twinkies and like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and like gushers and all, you know like like the gushers are really fun like why can't I eat them you know so I already felt very like uncomfortable on my skin I felt like I wasn't meant to be on in this planet you know like or somebody dropped me off here one day and didn't give me a map or a guide on how to live here and I felt like that from three years old so I already felt weird enough and different and now I have to start eating differently than these than these other people so I hated that and the, um but my weight was a problem and I don't think my family knew how to um deal with an overweight child at that time and I, you know, got through school, and I was, um, I think I tried, like, Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers a lot with my mom. My mom is definitely, I don't know, actually, not definitely. That's very, like, finite. She could use this program, you know. Um, so I would go on diets with her, and they'd work for a month, and then I would get, I would be like, I'm done. I did it, you know, a month. I lost 30 pounds, or I lost 10 pounds, or whatever, and I'm good. I want to be a kid again, you know, a teenager. I want to, you know, enjoy my life. And then, you know, I'd still be unhappy because what was happening was I was fixing my outside appearance. I wasn't fixing the inside stuff. And I didn't know that until I got to OA. Um, so I kept trying so many different ways to try and fix my outsides. Um, like, I don't know. Like, the clothes I would wear, the friends I would have, the hobbies that I had, um, what I wanted to do in my life. And, you know, I I just never was comfortable, basically. Um, so I went to college, and um, through, before college, my whole, like, my life was very micromanaged, like, especially the food. And so when I went to college, it was like a free-for-all. Like, there was nobody telling me what to do. I didn't have a nutritionist. I didn't have my mom or my dad policing. My dad was, like, the biggest police officer with my food, and he would say the meanest things to me. And, and I know now that was, like, his way of helping, trying to help me. But I just had so much shame about how I looked. And um, and then I blamed my being overweight and being unhappy on my parents. And the reason why for everything was because I'm overweight, because I'm morbidly obese. That's why. I'm not doing this or that or this or that. So that's what I did in college, and I gained about 100 pounds in the first semester really easily um, because I, you know, there were food opportunities at 24-7, and I, food was my solution then, and I got through school somehow. It was an outside issue that I got through school um, that we talk about in other meetings, uh, and those laughing know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, let's see. I became kind of depressed in college because the food kind of stopped working a little bit, and I um, started seeing a therapist, and she put me on all this medication. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I needed, you know? Like, this is going to fix me. Like, I just feel like the theme of my life was what can fix me. Like, give me something outside of myself that can fix me. Like, um, I need a new doctor. I need a new drug. I need a new diet. I need a new – I need a – I need plastic surgery. I need a new car, I need a new boyfriend, I need, you know, it's like, it was never like, what, what am I doing? Like, what's the common denominator is me, you know? So, I, um, was kind of depressed, I, I got on antibiotics, and, uh, not antibiotics, and what, what did I get on? Antidepressants. 
whatever. Um, <laughs> I was probably on those too, okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just like did nothing. You know, I graduated college and I lived in Connecticut at that point and I had a job that was, it was outside sales and when you have, when you take everything personally, being an outside sales rep is the worst job you can do. Um, literally, I would cry and go home and cry because no one wanted to buy newspaper subscriptions from me and I like really took it personally and I, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I had no idea what I wanted to do and I, it got, and then it started getting in the way of the way I wanted to live my life, which was playing video games and watching Netflix, and I don't know if Netflix was around then, but you know what I mean, and just, like, eating myself to death, and that's really what I wanted to do. I really didn't want to do life, and that's what happened. Like, I I just never really grew up. You know, at some point, I, I started using the food so much that it, it stunted my growth. It stunted me wanting to be in to grow up and be an adult and have a life and have a career, have relationships, you know, I just thought, I just decided to give up one day. Um, I don't know when it was, you know, but um, at that point, my life got really, really small. Um, and again, I was looking for a new um, therapist or um, nutrition counselor or um, personal trainer. I had a life coach, like, it was just, you know, I just, my, my, my family helped throw money at anything, basically, just to, just to make me happy, and um, I, um, so I was in Connecticut living there, and then I was messing with my, with my psych meds, and one day, I, I, got, I had a really sick codependent relationship with this, with this girl who was just, ate just like me, so I loved having her around. She also was really good at baking, so I kept her around for that. <laughs> and um, she didn't come home when she said she would, like, for, for like, three days, because we were both active in alcoholism, too, and, um, and other things, and I, I went crazy. Like, I... I relied so heavily on her and on my food that I, like, I didn't want to live anymore. So I went into the bathroom and I cut all my hair off. And this it was like this. Um, big, and for people on the, the recording, it's really big and curly and a lot of hair. <laughs> so I'm Jewish, so there it is. Okay. So I didn't want to really die. I just wanted to, like, to, like, make a statement, you know, and I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. I thought I was just so depressed, you know, so I cut all my hair off, and then my, my therapist is like, you need to go to a psych hospital, and so I went to a psych hospital for, like, a, a week, and I, it was during Halloween because I remember eating all the, the Halloween candy there. Like, that's all my memories are around food. I, you know, it's, that was never, but it was never, like, maybe my food's the problem. It was never, like, maybe I... Maybe I'm 350 pounds at that point. Maybe that's the problem, you know. It, I would never look at that because I never wanted to let go of my food. My food was my best friend. My food was the solution. It was what I needed to get through this crazy, scary life that I hid out from. I wasn't even living my life. I was hiding from it. So my parents moved me back to New Jersey, um, thought it would be safer for me there. Um, but I proceeded to do the same thing for another two years and then, reached 400 pounds, um, my life turned into, my hair grew back, um, 
Um, but my life turned into an um, agoraphobic existence. Um, I was afraid to leave my house. I was afraid to, I didn't have a job for about those two years. Um, people would come to my house to help me, like, clean my apartment, including my mom, who helped me so, so much. Um, and I would order food for um, at least, like, five different meals for just me, and I would pretend there were people in my apartment when they came to deliver it because, you know, I'd be like, the Chinese food's here, guys, and I'd be talking to my cat, you know. Um <laughs> It was just really sad, and, and um, I just don't want to go on like that anymore, you know. I was, so I started thinking, maybe I do have a problem with food. Maybe, maybe I can't stop when I want to stop, and that's when, it, like, that's when it, it stopped working again, too, and I would try to stop and control my, my overeating by throwing things out in the garbage can, and then 20 minutes later, I would be back in the garbage can going through and finding it, and, like, it doesn't count. It's on the top, you know. Like, I didn't put the cat litter in yet, you know. <laughs> Um, and I would eat, you know, I would, I was in Jenny Craig again, and I would buy all the food and eat it all in one day, and then have to go food shopping, and then eat all that food, and I'm like, what, like, what is the point, like, what am I doing, you know, and like, um, what are the crazy things that I do? I don't know. But I, again, was seeing doctors, psychiatrists, I was in an IOP program, and I would leave there and go to, like, the best fast food restaurant and binge on the way home, and then when I got home, I would, I had, like, all my favorite binge places within three miles of my apartment, I had, like, a path, you know, like, that's what I had to do if I left my house, you know, when I had to, when my family wanted me around, when they, you know, were like, Jackie, come have dinner with us, I would eat before going to meet with them, and then I would have dinner with them, and then I would leave, and I would eat again. I was, like, I was never satisfied. No amount of food ever, ever filled me up, and there were times where I ate so much that I, that I had, that I just had to to lose my food, you know, I had to. I was never really, um, I never considered myself, like, a purger, but it was just, it would just come out, you know, um, and I hated the way I looked, I hated my life, and I, I call my mom every, every, every night, and, because I couldn't sleep, and I'd say, mom, I want to die, um, I feel like there's this black cloud following me around everywhere, and I don't know how to make it go away, and my poor mom, like, I, I spent, a weekend with her, um, I think last weekend we went to Arizona on this, like, spiritual retreat, and she told me that that time for her, like, she's able to talk to me like this because I've had so much recovery now, and, and it's okay, like, for her to be honest. She's like, that was the hardest part of my life, I, you know, her, my, mo- my mom's life. And she was struggling in her, in her marriage, her second marriage, and, and also struggling with my father. And she remembers one time when I went to the psych hospital a, a second time, um, she left crying in her car and was just crying and and screaming to God I guess like she didn't she doesn't really believe in God but uh, whatever and she's like I feel so alone I feel like I can't help her I can't fix her and I like cried when she told me the story because that's how I felt I felt so alone I felt like I couldn't fix myself um I went to this life coach who told me to go to OA and I was like what um (laughs) and she said, oh, hey, like, you know, people who have problem with um, food, like people with alcoholism, they go to OA. I'm like, well, I don't want to, like, be 
um, a Jesus person or anything. Like I like I can't wear it. Like I can't do that. You know. So so offensive. I'm sorry. Um, but I didn't want to do that. You know. So I went to my OA meeting because she threatened me. Um, basically, she's like, "You're not coming here anymore until you go to OA." And I'm like, "Well, I gotta keep going to you because you're helping me so much." You know. Um, <laughs> So I went to the OA meeting, and it was a bunch of really, really older women, um, and they were not fat at all. They were they were just normal size, and it was in a church. I knew it, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, why could it be in a temple, you know? Um, so I walked in and immediately was scared out of my mind. I was just like, oh, my gosh. And they're like, welcome, we love you, keep coming back. I'm like, you don't even know me, stop. You know, like, God. Um, but that was, yeah. So they, I gave them my number, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> if you're new, do that, okay? It was not a mistake. Just saying. Uh, I have to put a little disclaimer. So um, after I left the meeting, I was called by those women for two weeks, and they kept interrupting my binges. <laughs> and I wanted nothing to do with them because they talked about their lives and how wonderful it was, and I just didn't believe them. I didn't believe, like, I just couldn't believe that um, they found a solution with their food, that they weren't were able to go around life and not obsess about food all the time and not have to eat till they throw up or not have to eat till till they're uncomfortable and to actually have lives and have relationships and have jobs and have careers and I was like I don't believe you like I just don't believe you so I never I didn't go back until um I went to treatment for my emotional problems I'm quoting um because it was just too, it was just so bad, and I went there, and they're like, you're gonna be on the eating disorder track, and I'm like, what? I don't, I don't have an eating disorder. I'm, I literally will eat any time. I've never been anorexic. You see, like, cause I, <laughs> I, you know, I was a sheltered person. Obviously, I didn't know what eating disorder was. I thought eating disorders were people who had tubes in their arms or in a hospital who weren't eating. You know. And I'm like, I'll take that one. Like, I'll, I want to stop eating, you know. So I, for some reason, became willing, you know, slowly. And I went to this treatment. I was there for 45 days. Um, and then I was sent to um, a secondary treatment in California, in Southern California. And that's where um, I, I was introduced again to OA. And um, I was like, really? <laughs> like, you know? That's that's how this program works? Yeah? Okay. Um, so I went to OA, and um, I was told I had to get a sponsor. I had a sponsor on the other program, and I just I just was so unwilling. Like, I'm like, I'll be sober. I won't drink or do drugs, but I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm sorry, you know? Um, and I started seeing a nutritionist at this treatment center, and she was... Um, saved my life. Um, she put me on a meal plan that started working. I still didn't want to work the program, but I was going to meetings. Um, I started sharing meetings. Um, I shared a lot, and I started working the steps a little bit. And then about for about three years, 
and then I lost all that weight. I lost 200 pounds in three in about three years just by following a meal plan. And, um, I was like, I don't have to work this program, you guys. Like, I was still going and bragging about how great I, my life is because I'm a smaller version of myself. But I was still having inappropriate relationships. I was still lying. I was still cheating. I was still um, working part-time jobs that weren't fulfilling. I, I was working in a movie theater for, like, three years. And, I mean, I really like movies, so I got free movies and stuff. And we also got free popcorn, but that wasn't really that good for me. So anything free, you know. Um, and I just, like... I just felt the same way again, the same way I felt in that apartment with my cat being afraid to do anything. Um, and I'm like, this is as good as my life's going to get, right? Like, that's like I've already lost all my weight. And um, I, you would think I would finally decide to work a program, but I didn't. I decided to get surgery to remove the extra skin off my stomach because that was going to fix me. Because if I felt more comfortable with my body, I would be more comfortable in my life, right? Um so I got the surgery, and um, it was really hard. It was, like, a month of recovery. Um, and I had some of the friends I have here that are, were there to help me. And um, so I went into the surgery really, really, like, hoping that it would change the way I feel about my body and the way I feel about life, and it would fix – that would just fix everything. But what happened was I had, like, a spiritual experience, like, a legit – like, I had to sit still – for like two weeks and not move like because of the of all the stitches and stuff and had to rely on other people I had to rely on OA and and my and my friends and to make meals for me to come and bring me meetings and I was so uncomfortable I called my sponsor she's like Jackie like this is this is a good lesson for you to be still and to accept God and to accept help and to have patience like I have never had patience in my life and I and I had to sit there. And if I moved around, I would have torn something or had to, you know, had a hernia or whatever. Um, and because of that, what happened was instead is that I learned that my body never mattered, and that it was about the stuff on the inside. And it was like, look at all these people showing up for me. Look at look at how great my life's turning and turning to be. And it, and it it didn't happened because my stomach was a different side it happened because I saw that people really loved me and that people really showed up for me and that this program was starting to work you know and um I'm so grateful for that like that God gave me the opportunity when I went into it with such a, a stinky attitude thank you um and I um let's see I started working the steps for realty this time. Um, and my sponsor is Roz, and she's still my sponsor today. So she started taking me through the steps, and I, um, I mean, it was every just every step was life changing. Like I, when I made my amends, when I wrote my fourth step, when I, I made an amends to myself, and that was amazing. And like I started loving the person in front in the mirror, um, and I was still the same weight. Like, I got skin removed off my body, and I was still the same weight. Like, so it it was really didn't do anything. And I um, I just started loving life, you know, and I started loving myself. I started being a part of life. I started sponsoring, and, um, you know, and, and like, it, it's been about two years since then, and my life has changed drastically. I, I have never been so comfortable in my body before. I have never 
been so confident and so, like, right with, like, myself. And, like, I, I mean, I'm so grateful for my life today and for the people in it and for the program, the 12-step program. And the relationship I have with my higher power is incredible. And he he is so funny. Like, there's so – I need God – higher power reminders like like nobody's business I'm really dramatic so my higher power has to be really dramatic too um so I recently um I'll finish with this story and then I'll open up for questions um recently got out of a relationship that was um starting to pull me back into like um that old behavior of not wanting to do anything with my life and wanting to like isolate and like because you know he was a lot like me back then and and I had to overeat to get at his level emotionally and I I'm really glad I figured that out and had like helping my friends figure that out and I had so much fear though of hurting him of being alone of like whatever like I think I can still control my life but I forget that God has everything planned out anyway and I just have to sit back and like do the footwork you know um so when I decided to end the relationship um it was like two weeks um, where I didn't do it yet, <laughs> um, and it was just miserable. I felt like horrible, and I felt like, why am I doing this program? Like, what's the point, you know? Um, and my sponsors both kept saying, they're like, just replace your fear with faith. Just replace your fear with faith. And I'm like, okay, okay, just replace your fear with faith. So I finally um, ended the relationship and had a lot of support from it, and then Oh, sorry. Before that, I, I, my apartment complex, um, there's an underground parking garage, and I have a assigned parking spot. And where I walked to go to the stairs up to my apartment, I was walking for these two weeks, and I saw a fortune on the floor, but it was turned over, so I couldn't see what was written on it. And I kept seeing it. I'm like, who left the, who littered that? Like, what the, what the, you know? Um, but I'd never, I just didn't really care, really, and I just kept walking by it for those two weeks, and. Um, so the two days after I ended the relationship, I parked in my parking spot in my apartment complex, and I got out of the car, and I went to the passenger side of my door, which I don't usually do at, at all. Like, I just had a lot of bags I needed to get. And I looked down at the floor, and the, in my assigned parking spot was that fortune that I'd been seeing, which was kind of like four feet away from where it originally was. And I'm like, well, I've got to read it now, you know? Like, obviously, someone's trying to tell me something, so... I I picked up the paper and uh, the fortune and it said um, replace fear with faith and I was like oh, really and I just started crying and I was like oh my god like I could have seen that at any time those past two weeks but God wanted me to see it finally after I had replaced my fear with faith because I I believe that my life would be okay like I would be okay and my life will get exponentially better and that I will be okay if I continue to work this program if I continue to replace any fear with faith that I'm going to be okay like no matter what I don't need food to 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 tell me that anymore I have such a different relationship with food today I don't you know I eat three meals a day and a snack and um I try to only eat when I'm hungry and I do struggle sometimes with overeating um, but I know no amount of food will ever make me feel the way that that made me feel and what makes me, and the feelings that I get when I'm in a meeting talking about my recovery and helping my sponsee and, um, having those gotcha moments and like just being filled with, with love and, um, 
I think it's so incredible, you know, like, I don't know where I'd be without this program. I would probably be dead. The way I was eating, I would be, like, over 900 pounds in a hospital and dying, you know. So I'm really, really grateful to be here tonight, and thank you so much for listening. I think we have, like, five minutes for questions. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, how are your parents now different with you and this Okay, um, I'll repeat your question. She asked, how is how are my parents different now with me after these five years? Okay, thank you for that question. Um, I have the best relationship with my mom. It's been hard sometimes because she, like, she knows I don't weigh myself. And, I'm, and I was really struggling when I was on this vacation with her. And, she, and I'm like, Mom, don't let me weigh myself. Like, I, I, like she could help me. I was, like, calling my – and I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then she, like, the next day was, like, weighing herself in front of me. And I'm like, really, Missy? Like, come on. Um, <laughs> that's her name. Sorry. Um, um, you know, she just doesn't get it. But she loves me and supports me so much, and she cries when we talk about this because she was hopeless. And, and now when she talks about me to people who ask about me, she lights up, and she's like, I'm so happy. Like, I don't have to worry about Jackie. She's doing great, you know. And my dad, uh, um, I, I have a great relationship with him, too. We get along really well. He has a lot of opinions, and he's, and he's a nut, like a nut. Like, my brother and him don't speak, and that's kind of difficult, but I accept him for who he is, and we have a great relationship because of that. So thanks for asking that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Was it difficult for you to start working two programs at the same time? Um, okay, question was, was it difficult for me to start working two programs at one time? Um, it was because um, I see this happening still in my recovery where I spend more time, like when I'm working harder in one program, the other one kind of like, falls by the wayside a little bit, and I haven't, I have a hard time still finding a, finding a balance with the two, um, but what happened, but it was really easy for me to work my other, pro, my A program, because I, w- I wasn't willing to do the food stuff, like, I was willing to follow a meal plan, but I'm so grateful that I had that base, like, that baseline for the 12-step program, what made it easier for me to eventually work the OA program in the right, in the right way. I think if I did it simultaneously, it wouldn't have been as beneficial for me. That answer your question? Okay. I love that question. He asked, what's the difference between overeating and a binge? Well, I overeat still because I'm not perfect. I can't ever have a perfect meal plan. If, if I demanded that of myself, I would jump off a bridge. Like, you know. Um, so overeating to me, and this is my opinion, it's, you know, just, just mine, just Jackie's. So don't, you know. Don't kill me when afterwards, whatever. um, I overeating for me is eating too much at a certain meal, or um, um, having like in between meal, like a like a handful of something that's overeating. A binge for me would be um, eating an extra, like full meal, like having a fifth meal, or going to any kind of binge place and buying with the purpose of wanting to binge 
and just going at it, like having a mode of food around me and just like giving zero, you know, what's about it, you know? Like that to me is a binge and I haven't binged in over five and a half years and done that and and I I mean I can see the clear distinction between them, you know, and like but the overeating still gets me a little crazy, honestly, you know. But but the binging is more like I'm done, I give up. And I don't have not felt like that. So that answer your question. Okay. All right, that's it. Thanks guys.